This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. The night may be long and the dark may be deep, but the answers are there to be found. Whether it's the normal, the abnormal, or the paranormal, you're in the right place. Let's go beyond reality. Sometimes it's the normal, sometimes it's the abnormal, and sometimes it's the paranormal, but it's always beyond reality. Welcome to the program, everyone. It's Beyond Reality Radio. I'm your host, J.V. Johnson. Thanks for being here. It's a really, really interesting night in paranormal communities, the return of ghost hunters. I'm curious as to what everybody thought. If we have time, maybe we'll take some phone calls at the end of the program to see what people thought of the return of Grant Wilson. Grant, of course, leaving Ghost Hunters after, I think, season seven, maybe it was eight, a few years after it went off the air. And uh, Grant uh, coming back and uh, taking the helm of a reboot of Ghost Hunters with a whole new team. And uh, I haven't seen it yet. And I'm curious as to what everybody thinks. So uh, tonight we're going to be talking about demons. Our guest, June Lundgren, is the Demon Seer, in fact. Her website is demonseer.com. And uh, we're going to be talking about many, many uh, aspects of demonology, what demons are, where they come from, what they do to people, why they do it to people, and how you can uh, get rid of them if you think you've got them. Um, This is not a light subject. In fact, it's a very controversial one. But it is one we need to talk about, and uh, it'll be a great conversation. Again, June Lundgren will be our guest tonight. Tomorrow night, we've got Rob Young with us. Rob is an author and an adventurer. He's going to be discussing Cloud Warriors of Peru, Poisons from the Jungle, and his own paranormal experiences. And then, of course, Friday night is a best of program, as every Friday night is. Always a great uh, episode from The Vault on Friday nights here on Beyond Reality Radio. I will let you jot down the phone number and join our conversation is in the second hour of the show. It's uh, 844-687-7669. And, of course, we will invite your calls. But, again, that's the second hour of the program during our conversation with June Lundgren. So a lot of great stuff waiting for us, and I'm anxious to get to it. So we'll take a break. We'll come right back. It's Beyond Reality Radio. Did you know that online retailers like Amazon have constant deals that can save you money on the things you buy every day? It's no joke. Save 40%, 50%, even 80% on great products. And all you have to do is know about them. Noodle Shark is the way to be alerted when something good is coming your way. Noodle Shark is the social media page that lists great deals that not only save you money, but give you the deals before anyone else has them. All you have to do is find Noodle Shark on Facebook. Search it as The Noodle Shark. That's The Noodle Shark. Because you deserve to save too. Become a shark. Shark and save. Our guest tonight, June Lundgren, Demon Seer. Her website is demonseer.com. Many books to her credit, including the book that will be coming out soon called Demon Seer. She's also written books called A Medium's Guide to the Paranormal, Paranormal Encounters, both one and two, and The Dark Side of the Paranormal. June, welcome to Beyond Reality Radio. Thank you for having me. It's great to have you here. Um, so, first question I have for you is what exactly is a demon seer? Uh, a demon seer is, I took that name because my grandmother was Irish, and she told me, you know, really you should 
call yourself what? Because I didn't like the name demonologist. I, it just didn't have a good, you know, connotation for me. I've I ran into several different kinds of ones that were not reputable. So she said, just call yourself a demon seer. A demon seer is someone who can see them in their true form, communicate with them, and get rid of them. So there's a difference between how you describe or define a demon seer versus what we would consider to be a traditional demonologist. Right, yeah. it's um, Demonologists really, you know, a lot of them, is, it's just about the study of demons and and I don't have to study them. <laughs> I've been seeing them all right. my life since I was a kid. So you'd say that then a demonologist is more of an academic approach to demons, where a demon seer is more of an active, hands-on, if you will, um, person who rolls up his or her sleeves and tries to uh, tr- to affect some change as it relates to a, a demonic attachment or something along those lines. Yeah, I've been doing it for like 30 years and I have yet to have one where I couldn't get rid of it but that's you know that's I do it because it's a calling for God not because sure. you know and nobody in their right mind would do this for yeah, because no, they I, want to I, do I, it. Yeah, know? I want to get into the details of what you do, but I'm just trying to make sure everybody understands who's listening, because we've heard the word demonologist used, you know, for a long time. I think this is the right. first time many of us have heard the the phrase demon seer. So we just want to make sure we understand what the differences are. Obviously, oh, yeah. you, you are in the trenches when it comes to this work, as opposed to, if I understand your definition correctly, a demonologist might be someone more academic, you know, studying demons. Um and then where does an exorcist fit into this whole thing? Uh, they're like, you know, a minister, a deliverance minister, that type of thing. Where they, I have a friend of mine who's a minister that I've worked with before, and I've been teaching him about removals and things like that. So I would, I would say it's more of what most people think of as a demonologist, somebody that goes in, you know, uses prayer and gets rid of the demon. That's So a demonologist can also be an exorcist? Yes. Okay. And when it comes to the church, does the church recommend or, or recognize a demon seer as an exorcist, or do they only recognize demonologists, or do they not even care about either of those distinctions? I think mostly when it comes to, well, the Catholic Church, you know, you have to go jump through the hoops in order to first prove that it is a negative entity at all, and that takes quite a bit of time. And with me, I don't know what they think, <laughs> but I work with ministers, and they don't seem to have a problem with it. You know, as long as I do what I say I can do, and right. I can. Right. You know, it would be different if if I couldn't do it. If I couldn't do it, fine. But it's something that I've been doing for a long time. Yeah, so the proof is in the pudding there. Um, but I also know that the church, particularly the Catholic Church, um, has for a long time shied away from this discussion of demons and exorcisms. Yeah. But recently they seem to be more interested in discussing it. I know that they've actually increased the number of uh, exorcists that they have recognized by the church. Why do you think the church is now starting, I don't know if taking interest is the right way to put it, but I'll use it. Why do you think the church is now taking an interest in this demon phenomena, whereas maybe they were shying away from it before? 
it's becoming more prevalent. They're seeing more cases, true cases, of uh, possession, infestation. I think that's the real reason behind it. Not that they want to put it out for everybody, but the thing is, they're seeing more of it. And if you're seeing more of it, you know, you're going to have to weigh in on it. And you're going to have to say, hey, you know, it's spreading. Uh, people need help. We need to do something about it. Are you seeing more of it in your work? Yeah, it, it comes in waves. Uh, you have, like, right now there's a lull in, in it. I'm only having, like three or four a month, when usually I have a lot more than that. It's kind of, it peaks and then it troughs, and right now it's just kind of at the bottom, and, you know, in probably the next couple of weeks it'll pick up. So when you say, yeah, it when comes you say, and goes like that. Yeah, when you say it comes and goes, that it ebbs, ebbs and flows, peaks and valleys, however you want to put it, um, is this over the course of weeks or months? In other words, it, when you see a lull in activities, does that lull tend to last a year, a month, a week? What do you consider oh, no. to be a lull? Yeah, it lasts, it can last up to a month. The longest I've had it last would, was a month. But even then, I get a few, um, you know, small ones, you know, people contact me. Small demons? Say, you know, I think I'm having a problem. and But it's never really just dead. Yeah. It never goes away. I mean, this is not some. This has been no. with us. This has been with humanity since the dawn of time. Oh, yeah, yeah. So your work, do you focus in a specific geographical area or do you travel all over? I don't really travel that much. I live in the Pacific Northwest. So if I can get to you over on this side, fine. If I can't, I don't need to be there to remove a demon. Oh, so you can do it I remotely. Can, I can, oh, yeah, I can do it from a distance. I've done it for someone in the Netherlands, Australia, the U.K., Canada. I worked with a group in Canada. So, so, so would you say that when you say you get, you know, um, I don't remember the numbers you use, three or four calls a week, um is that from all over the world, or is that from your local uh, geogra- geographic area? It can. Most of them are from the United States, yeah. but I do get people from the U.K. I have a, I'm the founder of Ghosts and Girls Paranormal, and yeah, I have a, went to England last year and created a group over there, the Ghosts and Girls Paranormal U.K. Yeah, I wanna... So they will call me if they have an issue. I want to talk about that a little bit later, too. I have a note of it. Um, but the uh, the demonic phenomena, when people call you, are they calling because they feel like there's a demon personally attacking or attached to, that, to them, or is it more of a haunting-type negative entity, like in the most house? Of them, most of them feel that it's attached to themselves rather than, you know, in the house. And I know the minute... The person connects with me either by email, you know, or by phone, what's there, whether it is or whether it isn't. Um, sometimes it's just, you know, it's just a earthbound negative, and they're just, like, easy to get rid of, and there you go. Or it could be just a friendly ghost, and but they're freaking out because... It's there, yeah. and they don't want it there. Well, I know there's sometimes confusion uh, between a negative entity or just maybe a mischievous ghost of some sort or mischievous haunting. Um, when you say, you know, there's a negative entity and it's easy to get rid of, I've never heard somebody ex- describe it that way. I've always been under the impression these things can be really, really tenacious and difficult to get rid of. 
Uh, well, earthbound negatives are just people that were nasty in life okay. <laughs> and they're nasty in death. But the, the I put them in three classifications, the demonics, uh, the old ones, which are, you know, about equal to the uh, archangels. And then there are the lesser demons, which I think of as teenagers on steroids. Ooh, that can't be good. <laughs> and and then there are the minions, the shadow people, the banshees, the little creepy crawly dudes. Now, I'm interested. Um, th- these are all great subjects that we could be talking about individually. But when you say shadow people, um, we often talk about shadow people in terms of, um, you know, it's just another form of ghost, if you will, or spirit, if you will. And the fact that they're dark, you know, they're shadows, um, doesn't necessarily mean they're negative. Are you saying that all shadow people are negative? Um, a uh, earthbound spirit can show itself as a six foot tall shadow person or yeah. seven foot tall. So it can be I had it happen, you know, locally where there was a children's theater and this, you know, they were saying they were seeing shadow, the shadow man, you know, it was like seven feet tall. And when I go there, I don't see them as they wish me to see them. I see them in their true form. So here's this guy, and he's a short, fat, balding guy, and he never got any respect in life. And so he was darned if he wasn't going to get respect in death. So he would show himself as that. But every shadow person that I've run into, true shadow people, they're all negative. Wow. Okay, so what you're saying is they can kind of present themselves in any form they want to? Yes, what they'll do is, you know, demons are kind of like... They can look into your mind. They'll pick out your idea of what they should look like, mm-hmm. and then they'll make themselves ten times worse than that when they show themselves to you. When you see them, you don't. People think that they see them with their eyes, but really they don't. They see them with their inner eye because mm-hmm. the, the demons project an image into your mind of how they want you to perceive them. So it's not a visual thing per se. It's a uh, more of a, a, a telepathic almost uh, image that is placed into your brain. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Interesting. Um, so these shadow people in, in particular, um, you said you've never encountered that type of phenomena where it hasn't been negative. Yeah, except you know, except for the earthbound. I mean, true, true shadow people—they're always negative, and. Unlike demons, they don't travel in packs. They like their own territory. They like to be solitary. If you see more than one that in a location, that's unusual because, like I said, they, they like their own company and nobody else's. But demons travel in packs. They always do. Wow. So when, when somebody calls you and suspects they have a some type of demonic presence in their home, um, what are the first questions you ask them? I usually ask them what kind of, you know, experiences are they having, and they'll talk to me and they'll tell me what kind of experiences they're having, and, you know, I will know right away the minute I connect with the person, whether there's something negative there or not, and if there's something that's not negative there, I'm going to tell them. I'm going to tell them what it is, you know. It's a ghost, and he's just wanting attention, and so therefore he's poking you or pinching you or whatever. 
Are you de- uh, are you, and I try to allay their fears. Yeah. Are you determining this based on what they told you or because you're, you also no. have medium skills that you're kind of tapping into what's going on? Yeah, I can, I can feel them. I, see. I can feel a demon coming months before it comes. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Uh, okay. Our guest tonight, June Lundgren, is, is a demon seer. Her website is demonseer.com. Uh, June, you've got a lot of books to your credit. Uh, what, what was your first and uh, what made you start writing about this stuff? And to the, I put out my first one, A Medium's Guide to the Paranormal, in 2009. And I had written two children's books long before then, just like, I don't know, 10, 12 years before then. And I was having a conversation with God, and he says, listen, I want you to write a book. And I'm like, really? <laughs> and he's like, I want you to let people know that I do hear them. I do hear their prayers. I give them what they need, which is not necessarily what they want. He says, I don't care what you put in the book, <laughs> but this is the sum total of it. I want them to understand. You know, what they need What they need is more important than what they really want. And so I sat down and started writing different different chapters, and people over the years have always asked me questions about different things. And so I thought, okay, I'll put it in this first book. And then after that, people started asking me about my real-life encounters and things like that. And and, uh, that's where I wrote uh, Paranormal Encounters 1 and 2. The Dark Side was written because people for years have been asking me about it. I did a Body, Mind, and Spirit Expo about eight or nine years ago, and I decided I wasn't going to do your typical angelic white light type of lecture because I was supposed to do a lecture. I'm like, okay, I'm going to do a lecture about the dark side of the paranormal. And so I was late arriving into the lecture hall, and it was like standing room only. And I'm like, oh, my God, you know, because I'm thinking, oh, maybe a few people. And people were coming by for hours after that saying, thank you so much for doing, you know, a lecture on it. It's like people always tell you, you know, you don't talk about it, hush, hush. And we really enjoyed it. I sold out my books in the first hour after the lecture. It was crazy. When you uh, wrote the dark side of the paranormal. Um, how long had you been actually a demon seer and, and actually doing this kind of work? I've been doing this kind of work since 1990 was my first real removal. I, I have seen them all my life. Uh, when I was a little kid, my grandmother raised me for the first five years and she was a medium. And she said, you know, that you're special. This is something that you're supposed to be doing for God. I didn't know what she was talking about because I'm a kid. But Michael told me, the archangel, he said, listen, I want you to watch these creatures. I want you to observe them, watch them, see how they work, what they do, what they're capable of. And I didn't know, you know, anything about it. And I'm like, okay, I'll watch them, you know. So all my life I've watched them. And... In 1988, I died in a motorcycle accident, and my grandparents were there waiting for me, and Michael was there, and he said, listen, 
you're not going to stay here. You have to go back. He said, but this was meant for you to understand who and what you are. He said, do you know who you are? And I said, yeah, I'm June, you know. And he's like, no, no, no. So what he did was he made me live, relive all the lives I had in the physical world back to the core soul. And he says, this is who you are. He said, you have the soul of Ariel the Archangel. She was a demon slayer. And she was one of the five that guard the throne of God. And I'm like, I didn't even know who that was. I'm like, I had no clue. No, not nothing whatsoever. And he said, "Have you ever wondered why, how you can see them? Why you know where they are? Why you know when they're coming before they come?" I'm like, "No, I just thought that was my gift." He says, "You need to go back, and you're going to start doing removals." And it took me two years to absorb it yeah. and to really, you know, come to terms with it. I had just had my son um, in 1990. And so it's like my grandfather told me when I had crossed over that I was going to have a son within a year. And a little more than a year, I had a son. But it's like, okay, I was actually forced into my first removal because I had no clue. Michael did kind of a merge type of thing where I can hear her thoughts as well as my own. But he said you need to be you needed to be thrown into the fire. What he did was my brother had an attachment and he's like, You need to go up there and help him. So I went up there and my brother got home and he said you need to stay outside and so he says, I want you to call forth the demon. I'm like, are you out of your mind? I'm thinking. Yeah. So I did it because, you know, you do what Michael says. So I did it. And here comes this black thing through the wall out towards me. And it gets about like five feet away. And then suddenly I'm no longer, my consciousness is no longer in front. It's in the back and Ariel's, con- Ariel's consciousness comes forward. And, you know, they have this quick conversation before she takes it out. For She tosses it back down into the darkness. And then she goes back where she belongs, back into the back of my consciousness. And I told Michael, I said, don't ever do that to me again. And he says, you have to understand, you can do this. You don't have any fear. You shouldn't, you know, you don't have, you have faith. And he said, if you didn't, you wouldn't have been able to do the removal. He said, because if you have any doubts in yourself and what you're doing in God, you're never going to be able to do it. He said, and I know you have absolute faith. He said, that's all you needed to know. From that day forward, it was not a problem then. I never, I, I don't fear them. I see them in their true form. And people don't want to see the true form. They see what they want to show you. And I see them in their true form. I uh, had a friend that wanted to see what I see. And I said, no, you don't. It'll give you nightmares. Does it give you nightmares, June? Does it give you nightmares? Did did it give you nightmares when it first started for you? When I was a kid, no. I've been seeing them since I was a little kid. And you've never had um, fear of it and never any nightmares or anything like that? You've always been able to accept it? Yeah, my grandmother sat me down and said, you know, this is, these things are real, these things exist. To fear them is to call them to you and to have 
you know, be weak. You need not to be weak. You have to be accepting of what they are and who they are. And so I learned over the years to just accept them for what they are. At the time, I never had to deal with them until, you know, until my motorcycle accident. Then I started removing them. And it doesn't bother me. It doesn't scare me. People are like, are you going to have like a whole, con- what do they say? Do you have a conversation with them? I'm like, listen, what do I want to have? What do they have to say that I want to hear? Nothing. I said, I don't have no conversations. I take them out. That's it. In the subject. Hmm. You know a lot about uh, demons that other people would would uh, just not have uh, access to. Um, tell us a little bit about them. Like, how do you communicate with them when you have to? Telepathically, it's all done telepathically. Uh, they. The thing is, it, it's easier for me to remove them because. You know, demons are kind of stupid. They are like some people where some people judge you by your external appearance. Demons are a lot like that. They will judge a human by their external appearance or their weaknesses. And so they don't even have a clue what's inside of me until she until I bring her forth. And, you know, I for years I've been doing this, so... I decided to train a girl to come with me and, you know, do some of the stuff. You know, she can't do the removals, but, you know, she can feel them, and she sees kind of like a disruption rather than an actual demon. But she says, do you realize that you change when Ariel comes forward? I'm like, "Uh, no, I don't have a mirror, so, and I'm a little busy. She says, your eyes turn white. Your face turns a different color. Your face is like 20 years younger, and your voice changes. And I'm like, okay, I'll take your word on that one. I do have a YouTube channel with with a couple of removals. Oh, you do? So you've actually filmed some of this stuff? Yeah, people, you know, can see the white in my yeah, eyes and wow. stuff like that. And it's wow. like, okay, fine, whatever. So how? I don't how, need to see it. Thanks. How, <laughs> how long? Um, first of all, I have to. How long have these demons been around? Are they are they uh, since the creation of time, or yeah, are they constantly being created? Um, are new no, one, do new no. ones come and go, or is it are they just a, the same demons existing on? You know, on the earth. Demons, you know, there's a certain, you know, people always think, well, you know, they're creating more angels or they're creating more demons. It's like, no, there's all, there's still the same amount of demons, there's still the same amount of white light souls, angels, it's all the same. But usually when the demons come and I send them back, they just get sent back and they stay there for a while and they may pop up a few years later somewhere else. Um, but for the most part, I just send them back, and then the people are, you know, don't have the issue anymore. But they they don't make more. The thing is, the old demons don't consider us worth their time and energy. They're older than, <laughs> saying older than dirt. But <laughs> to give you an idea, Ariel's about 150,000 years old. Now, so, is it is it fair to say is it fair to say these demons are, and I might be using my words incorrectly, but uh, divine in a way. I mean, not that they're on par with God, but they're part of of God's universe. 
Sure. I mean, when it all happened, God explained it to me. He said, we, he said that, you know, us white light souls, we had physical form before on another planet, long ways away. God, God was telling you this. This is what God was saying to you. Yeah. Okay. And he says, you evolved over time, you evolved into pure energy. And and then we they all travel we all traveled the known galaxies and the unknown galaxies, seeing everything that we could, you know, watching the civilizations, uh, seeing stars born, you know, all kinds of things like that. We moved as a group, we stayed together as a group. Then there came a time when, you know, about three quarters of the souls decided that they wanted to have physical form again. That they were, they wanted to have children. They wanted to know physical love. They wanted to, you know, experience all that again. And so that's where the division arose between Lucifer and God. Is the people that were Lucifer's followers said, "Heck no, we don't want to do that. We do not want to have a physical form and be subject to pain, growing old." injuries, infirmities. We don't want to go there. We don't even want to do that. And so that's where the division, the quote-unquote war between heaven and hell, it happened. And then when Lucifer and his son were defeated, God said, I'm going to give you exactly what you want. You're never going to be able to take on physical form again. And they were happy with that. And, but God said, you know, he created kind of, I guess the only way to explain it is kind of like a rift. And all of Lucifer and his followers went in there. That became the dark. He said, you're going to live in darkness. And they were good with that at first. But over time, they got angry. They got resentful. But, you know, yeah. there's Ju- still a little good in each one of them. Ju- the problem is there's more negative to them yeah. than there is good. June, did, did, was God having this conversation with you during your um, experience after the motorcycle crash? Is that when it yeah. took place? Uh-huh. Yeah. It did. Um, and this doesn't, I don't mean to be any disrespectful at all with this question, but no. it's a serious question. No. Um, why you? Why was God giving you this That's information? Yeah. <laughs> I said, you know, why me? I said, I'm no worse or no better than anybody else. And he says, you have these gifts because Ariel resides inside of you. He said, this is something that I have given you through her. And that you have to do this work for me. And I'm like, okay, I'll do whatever you want. Yeah, you got to do what God tells you. Now, are there other people with the same gifts? Um, there are eight archangels in the world today. So, you, do you believe there are that eight? Have been reborn. There are eight people uh, that that have the same mm-hmm. um, gifts that you have. There's eight people that have archangels within them. Gotcha. Not all of them. There's only three other ones that do what I do, but the other ones were sent back either for either for one thing or another, to, either to learn a lesson or to let God know, you know, how the world is doing at this point in time. Yeah. I just know I have met three other ones. Um, but it's a good opportunity for us to tell people where they can get a hold of your books, and which of the books do you recommend they start with? Uh, you can get any of my books on Amazon.com. And it depends upon 
what you want to know about. If you want just like general information, a medium guide is pretty good. But if you want to know more about negatives and things like that, then it would be the dark side. And if you um if you're a medium yourself, um mm-hmm. and you have these types of experiences, do you help guide somebody who might be you know, there are, there are people who have these sensitivities and not sure how to use them or how to understand them. Do you help people with that? Yeah, I mentor, I've mentored several people, a couple of them in the U.K., and I'm actually mentoring two people right now. I get them comfortable with their abilities and help them to learn how to use them and to increase them. A lot of people are afraid of their abilities and they have to become comfortable with them bring bringing this discussion back uh to the types of demons there are um outline for us the basic structure uh there are some that are more powerful than others how does that line up yeah that it's like kevin there's a hierarchy in the dark and the dark side there are the old de- there's lucifer of course then there's his second in command and then he has one below that. But the old ones are the most powerful demons. They're the ones you rarely see here in the physical world. And if you do see them, they have a set agenda. They don't just come down here for nothing. They don't particularly care about coming into the physical world. The next one down are the what I call the lesser demons. Mm -hmm. They're like teenagers, you know, and their hormones running all over the place. They have no respect. They basically do what they want to do in the physical world, which is make people miserable and ruin their lives. Uh, Then there are the minions, which are like the little creepy crawly dudes that drive me crazy. And then there's the shadow people, as well, they're what I classify as a minion. And banshees, you know, I don't really put elementals in with it because elementals are mostly good. Every You make them mad and they can be a little, you know, a little feisty. Little tricksters. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <Let's>, <laughs> but mostly they're, they're just fine. <laughs> let's jump to the phone lines. We've got a bunch of people with questions. Uh, this is Keith. Keith is in Oletha, Kansas. Hey, Keith, before I put you on, please turn down whatever you're listening to the show on so you don't get any feedback there. Yeah, so Keith, I'm going to have to uh, ask you to turn that down um, before I can put you on. Are we good? Keith, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Hey, Keith, welcome uh, uh, welcome to the show. Good to have you on. Yeah, it's a first-time caller. Uh, oh, thank you. I, I don't know where to start, but I uh, what about voices? I'm sorry, say that again? What about what? Is there any way that you can have that put in your mind and hear voices? Voices? Hearing hearing voices in your head? Is that what you're saying? Well, I'm hearing the demons talk uh, while I'm hearing the enemy talk. You're hearing it? Yeah. Okay, so I I think what uh, Keith's question here is he's hearing entities speak to him. Um, through his mind, not necessarily, you know, through his ears. Um, that sounds very similar to what we're talking about, June, when you say you vi- you uh, you see, quote-unquote, a demon through your mind, not through your eyes. Right. You, you know, you, they'll, they'll taunt you. You can hear them telepathically. People 
you know, think they're hearing with their ears, but then they realize it's it's in their mind. And they can do that. I mean, sure, they, they do it all the time. They do it to drive people crazy. They they just, you know, they do do that quite a bit, actually. Yeah. Rarely do you hear anything with your physical ear when it comes to demons. It's usually sent through your process through your brain. Yeah. So Keith, yeah, that's entirely possible. Keith, are you are you having that happen to you? Oh yeah, I've been fighting the devil for about two years. Oh, and you. I mean, uh, yeah. When you say the devil, do you mean just a demonic entity, or do you mean specifically Satan? Uh well. Yeah, I see him. I, I can see I see images on my walls, mm. I, and they put images in my head to what what she was saying earlier. How they put that image in your head to make them make you see yeah. what they look like. June, June, what is uh, someone like Keith who's having these experiences? What's the first thing that he needs to do to try to fix this? Well, usually the power of prayer is one of the first things you can do. It's very powerful, invoking the name of God and Jesus Christ. If the thing is actually attached to him, you know, then you'll have to find either a minister or someone like me to remove it. But if if it comes and goes, then it's usually... But it's usually an attachment. They'll, they're like stalkers. They will watch you. They will, you know, come in and, and do things and then they'll leave and they just, they just like to drive you crazy. <laughs> yeah. And they do a pretty good job of it. Hey, uh, Keith, thank you so much for the phone call. We appreciate you uh, sharing your story with us. Let's go to Alice. Alice is in New Orleans. Hey, Alice, welcome to the show. Hi, sir. What's on your mind, Alice? Um, what, I, what I'd like to know is, um, so like at night, all right, and you woke up and it's like a heavy force on you. You cannot breathe. You can't holler. You can't say anything. And I did just what she said. Like when that happens, um, you plead. You plead the blood of Jesus. It's happening to me and it's happening to both my husband and I. Uh Alice, is it happening to all of you at the same time, or is it? Does it uh, vary? No, sir, it varies. Like you know, it'll go, and it, it's been happening pretty often lately. Um, yeah, like, yeah, it's just been happening often. The last time it happened was about a week ago. A week ago, and is this something? Yeah. Is 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 this the only uh, evidence that you've got that something's going on, or are there other things happening too? No. Um, there's different things we um we see um he does I don't like the um it's not bad spirit, but it, it must be these little spirits that stay around yeah. you know and it's like an old man um just it's just different things yeah. but it's all since we have worked with the Lord we worked with the Lord in um twenty ten and it was St. Michael. And what we did was went into the different areas, and we helped with the spirit, like the ones that stayed that hasn't chose to follow the light. So is she familiar with all of that? I know she is. So what you're saying is you, you went to help, and uh, you think maybe something attached itself to you and went home with you? No. Uh, well, what happens is, sir, uh, 
there's like vans that we still do work. Yeah. The St. Michael going here and there. Mm-hmm. And we do take home and they come check and the um he takes them up. The spirits that you know. Right. All right, let's get June's take on this. June, she's talking about like a sleep paralysis type symptom um, that I've heard other people talk about with it associated with the negative entities. Yeah, they can do that. They can like, it'll feel like somebody's holding you down, sitting on your chest. You can't move. You can't talk. You can't scream. You can't do anything. And they can, they do that just to terrorize you. And if you're doing God's work, then you're a target. You have like this big target on your back. And they will try, because for them, it's a feather in their cap. If they can get a light worker to go to the dark side or, you know, in some cases they can, they've been known to stop people's hearts. So it's, it sounds like you need to, uh, get rid of it sounds like it's attached to both of you because of what you're doing so the work you're doing for god so basically the same advice for alice that we gave to keith just a moment ago you've got to find somebody that can help you get rid of this yeah yeah Yeah. hey alice thank you for the phone call and thank you for sharing that with us let's go to uh pierre pierre is also in new orleans hey pierre welcome to the show hey how you doing guys i had a question and then i wanted to share a story with you sure um, the question is, uh, and not as far as uh, demonic uh, spirits, because I'm not getting that in debt, but I want to get a, a, a clearer connection with God and with angels. How do I do that? That's a great question. June, how does he get closer to God and angels? The first, uh, the first thing you need to do is learn how to meditate if you don't meditate. But learn how to meditate, and once you can do that, then you can connect with your guides and guardians. And then the next step is to connect with the angels and God. If you can, you know, because meditation helps you to focus. But make sure before you do meditate that you ask for God's guidance and his protection. And then when you get through meditating, make sure that you thank him for his protection and his guidance because even meditation opens a portal. And if you don't close the portal, things can come through that you don't want to see. <laughs> yes, ma'am. And you said and, you, uh, you wanted to share a I'm story? I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you wanted to share a story with us, Pierre? Yeah, the story. Yes, sir. Um, when I was younger, my mom, we always been in the church. My dad has always been, uh, my mom and my dad always been spiritual. Uh, there was a lady named Ginger. She was possessed by a demon. And uh, my dad drove the van for the church. Some kind of way, they brought her over to our home. We were put in the back of the house while they dealt with, you know, the spirit in the front. And, I mean, that's something that always affected me even to this day, that they were actually, you know, I don't didn't know what was going on, yeah. but I knew that there was, an, you know, exorcism going on in the front of my house. How old were you, I think Pierre? I was like 12. I was uh, 12 years old. My mm. sister was 10. Wow, so, so we you, were we were young. We were real young. You were young, but you were still old enough to know that something very, very unusual was happening. Yes, sir. Yeah. Hey, Pierre, thanks for sharing that with us, and thanks for the call and that great question as well. We're talking with June Lundgren tonight. June, again, thanks for being here. I know we lost you during the break, but we got you back. I don't know what happened, uh, but thank you. I don't know either. Just went dead. Yeah, thanks for for calling back in because I wouldn't have known that, and I would have gone to you, and it would have been silent. Anyway, let's uh, let's I thought, grab. Oh, I need I need yeah, to call. Let's grab another phone call here. This is uh, Fred in Charlotte, North Carolina. Hey, Fred, welcome to the program. Yeah. Hey. Uh, 
Johnson. <laughs> uh, I've got two questions. Okay. It's a very interesting show, June. Um, I've never heard about, you know, what you do. and uh, But some of the priests with some of these things, I think they call exorisms, uh, uh, um, where they're uh, getting someone uh, out of someone. Um, and some of these priests physically seem to be attacked. I know one actually was rushed to the hospital, and they took two two uh, liters of something. He went into emergency surgery, and they, he had gotten felt like he was getting hit on the left side. He could feel it, but, I mean, he couldn't see anything, of course. And they took two liters of blood out of a sack around his heart, and he was in the hospital 30 days. And I'm wanting to know two questions. One is, you don't seem to be uh, threatened physically whatsoever while you're doing this, and, and these priests seem to. So I'm wanting to know, is there something very different about what they're doing and what you're doing? And the other question is, when you had the motorcycle accident and you talked with, uh, was it Gabriel and God, can you describe, like, like when you first, were you up over your the, the, your body at, on the road at the accident, and can you describe a little bit of, of how that, you know, worked at the time? Sure. Um, the first to answer the first question is, priests, a um, little bit different. Um, I have an archangel soul inside of me, so it protects me as well as Michael the archangel. He says, I protect the body. And so I don't have issues like that. They really, you know, don't have a chance to attack me. But they can stop your heart. They can, you know, they, I went with a couple of investigators that friends of mine. And when I was dealing with an old demon, one of the couple of times I dealt with an old one, and it tried to squeeze his heart and stop his heart. And it tried to push his wife down the stairs. But they can attack you, and they will. I mean, anything they can do to keep you from doing what you need to do to help that person. And as for the second thing, uh, no, I di didn't look down at my body. I just w immediately went into the light, and my grandparents were waiting for me. And uh, that's when I talked to Michael. And he said, well, you know, you don't understand. This is what you have inside of me, inside of you, and you need to start doing God's work. So uh, it took me a couple years to deal with that. But once I did, I started doing his work. And, you know, it's it's odd. But when I went up there, Michael says, I want you to look at this. And we took a couple of steps and there was like this bay window appeared and he said look down below and I looked down and there was the earth and I could see every living person uh, that was alive at that time on the earth and they all had like, these little threads coming out of them and I said what are the threads and he said threads the ones that are lit up are the people that have made the soul connection they have that connection with their soul the ones that are dark are the people that have yet to achieve that connection and i said well you know if heaven exists what about hell and we took another couple steps and he waved his arm and this pit opened up it was black 
the horrible screams that were coming out of it, and people were reaching up, and I could see, you know, their faces and and their hands reaching up, and I'm like, okay, fine, it does exist. All right, that's good. <laughs> and he closed it, but it's it wasn't. Uh, I was I was back. I was clinically dead for just two minutes. A police officer actually saw the accident happen. And was trying trying to revive me. Our conversation tonight is actually very very interesting. We're talking with June Lundgren. She's a demon seer. Her website is demonseer.com. Her new book coming out. June, by the way, when does the book come out? It'll be out the first week in October. Okay, so it's um it's going to be out in uh, printed form and uh, ebook both. or how? Okay, so it'll come out. Yeah, both. And are all your books available that way? Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. So they're all both um, either printed or ebook. Right. You can get either one, yeah. Okay, great. Let's go to Patricia, who's been waiting a very, very long time. Hey, Patricia in Florida. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm the good ship of speaker. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. Absolutely. Um, I kind of came in towards the end, like I said to the gentleman. I want to ask uh, June something, and I'm so glad I tuned in because I have some question, quick question. I have a lot of anger because it misses in my life. And I get out of control sometimes. I mean, really, really big. I had a lawsuit going on and a lot of other things. And I'm just very, I feel like I said, I'm possessed sometimes because my anger was just so bad. And then when I like, punch somebody, then the other side of me is very loving and caring. And they say I have a heart of gold. I also have a lot of my own psychic abilities. I can see things and feel things, and, you know, my friends come to me with information. I just feel like um, there's three people with all this going on, you know, the demons, the good side, and my psychic side, and I, I want to assume what's going on with me. Some of the uh, some of the anger is related to normal stress, but you also, I don't know if you're aware that you're an empath. And so you're picking empathic. Empath, you pick up yeah. on other people's uh, emotions, and you you can pick up on them readily, and you don't even know you're picking up on them. And the, some of the emotions you're feeling can be not yours, can be someone else's, and you have to learn to differentiate between which emotions are yours and which belong to other people. And even, you know, even if there are, you know, earthbound spirits around, you're going to have, you're going to pick up on if they're in pain or if they're angry, if they're happy, you'll pick up on all of that. So you have to really learn to separate yourself from that, learn to differentiate between what you're feeling and what they're feeling. You, you know, why am I mad, you know? Why am I feeling this way? I shouldn't. I have nothing to be mad about. You know, I'm like, I'm not mad at my husband. Why am I feeling like I want to kill him? You know, so it, it happens. You know, people, you're empathic. So you need to get some help with that. And how do I help do someone that? to help you? I mean, I pray to God. Well, I pray to the Lord. And how, how can I go deeper into this? Because I do have a lot of, I see sometimes faces and things actually happen when I, after I heard, saw this and said something to somebody like two days before that, I had actually seen something and said something and they said, my friend's gay, oh, she's at, oh, it's happening again. But then I have such a good side to me 
and then, but yet I'm so angry about all the stuff going on, and I just I'm so ticked off about things in life, you know, that I am very outspoken yeah. and very proactive. But I don't know mm-hmm. how to get. It's getting taking control of me, June. You know, where I'm not my, I'm not the person I want to be. You know. Yeah, yeah. The, like I said, I've, like I've told somebody else, it's like the first step is to learn how to meditate. Once you learn how to meditate, then you can connect with your guides and guardians, and they can help as well. They can help you differentiate between what's your emotions, what somebody else's emotions are. They can help you understand. Is there any certain? Can I get a book on meditation? Is that what I should do? Get a book? On yeah, meditation? yeah. There's um, funny enough. There's a book called Meditation for Dummies, and it's a That's really me. good book. It's it's it has several different kinds of meditation, and you'll find something that works for you. And uh, it, it works. Uh, it, it's a great book. I've recommended it to a lot of different people. But it seems to be very simple to understand. The steps are very clear, and you learn really quickly. But before, as I said before, before you meditate, you make sure that you ask for God's protection and His guidance. And then when you're done, thank Him and then close the door. And I do count my blessings, but I'm very... Do you think I uh, I had a minister tell me she had my powers tested? A while ago, um, and I said something to my psychiatrist a while ago, and she said maybe we should look into this because I have I have really strong feelings on things, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can you can go to uh, find a local group. They're like a, some of them are like one of them is like meet up. You can find a group of people that have your type of abilities and see if you can get some help on. You know, if somebody's there that's mentoring. Patricia, thank you for the phone call. Um, June, can a negative entity or a demon, after it's attached itself to someone, make that person do what we would consider to be very unspeakable things? And one, one story that comes to mind, and I don't necessarily buy this one, but it's an example, is that Ronnie DeFeo Jr., who is responsible for the six murders in the house in uh, Amityville, which ultimately became the site of the Amityville horror or the haunting right. that was took place there, uh, later on claimed that he there were d- demons unleashed in that house by his stepfather, and those demons made him do what he did. Um, I don't believe his story, but is there any truth to that concept? Uh, demons, if they take total possession of you, I mean, and I do mean total possession of you, not just an influence, they can cause you to do things that you wouldn't normally do, uh, wreck your car, kill yourself, kill others. They can do that. Have you ever it's been called in? The, it's usually the old demons that do that. Sort have of you thing. ever been called into a case after something like that has happened and have to remove a, a demonic attachment in some fashion? Mm, I've never been called into one that extensive. Yeah. I have... On in at one time, uh, called in for by a woman to she had uh, she was possessed. She had like eleven entities, and she'd been living with these oh, things wow. for like twenty years. Wow. Um, what are the symptoms if somebody uh, doesn't have a full blown possession per se, but they something weird is going on in their lives? What type of symptoms would they see uh, physically, emotionally, uh, going around going on around them? 
if you have an attachment of some sort negative, what usually happens is your health starts to decline. You start to become isolated from anyone and everyone who could possibly be your support. I, you know, the finances start to go downhill. You want to be alone and you start thinking, you know, thoughts you wouldn't normally have. It's it's bad. You just you just everything you you have financial issues, you have mental issues, you have an emotional issues. Uh, these things feed on negative energy, so it will cause you to have fights with your significant other, and because that anger cause, you know feeds them, and it also helps to separate you from that that person who could help you. They just want to isolate you, and eventually you'll die from it if you don't get help. Wow. You have a, a history of these types of special gifts gifts in your family. I know you've mentioned your grandmother, uh, but how, how deep does it go in your family? Um, so far, is what my grandmother says, it's um, about to the 1600s. Wow. Uh, back then, there was a foretelling of... A child, a girl child that we would be born in the line who would have these abilities. And so each generation passed down the information to the next one. And then my grandmother, who's Irish, Amagohi, I can't get any more Irish than that, she, she knew when I was born that that's, I was the one. She knew right away. She knew right away, yeah. Wow. The book uh, that's coming out in October, Demon Seer, uh, that's a bit autobiographical or is it is it completely autobiographical? No, it's it starts out with, you know, giving some background on, you know, who I am, what it was like to grow up the way I grew up with my grandparents uh, for the first five years. And it show, it talks about my experiences along the way, and there's a lot of information that has not been known before about the dark side, as well as um, the the light side. There's a lot of information that people have no clue about, and I put it all in this book. And God told me, He says, this book is an awakening for people. This book will really get set people questioning and look you know noticing around them seeing what's around them being more aware and he said this is what this book is all about and i'm like okay <laughs> june <laughs> what do these negative enti- entities ultimately want with us why are they you know some of them are basically i, I don't know if immortal is the right word but they're eternal i guess uh what do they want with us um, because they're mad, you know, because each one of us has a white light soul within us. And each one of those souls went against them during the war. And so they, you know, revenge. They want payback. So they, they're going to do it any way they can. And that's, that's what it's all about, the ruination, you know, of us making our lives miserable and we cross over and then we start all over again. You know, it's all about basically payback it it's unfortunate that they have to be that way but you know they are and until there are some though that have said you know what i'm not going to be this way anymore 
and they've come back to the light, but no more than a handful. And Azrael, who is a uh, archangel, he and three others are in hell. They're in the darkness. They're watching and waiting for those who wish to go back home to the light. And so they're ever watchful for that. And they volunteered to do that. I know you've said that uh, demons speak in the old Aramaic language. Do you speak that language? Right. Can you understand it? I can understand it. My brain is kind of like hardwired to understand it. I can, you know, I had my friend that wanted to see what I see. He's like, what are they saying? I can't understand it. I understand the intent, but I don't understand the language that they're speaking. And then when he saw saw them for the first time, he just like let go of my hand and said, I don't ever want to see that again. Mm. And same thing happened with Zach Baggins. <laughs> when I told him, I said, you don't want to hold my hand and see what I see. And he's like, oh, yes, I do. He was sorry about that one. <laughs> um, you've also <laughs> spent a great deal of your life as a nurse. Has that affected your work uh, in this particular field in any way, positive or negative? Uh, yeah, because I did, in my younger years, I did a lot of hospital work, and I got my training in the military. So I had to learn, you can't, like, bring out your gifts in the military. So I had to do every learn to do everything that I did when a patient died and the soul was confused. It all had to be done, like, quietly, somewhere away from everybody else. But, you know, over time, you know, you you get tired of doing hospital work. And the last 14, 15 years, I've been doing clinical work. But, you know, where I work is right in front of a graveyard. (laughs) That's kind of appropriate. So there's a lot of traffic. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, we just got about a minute left here. But um, I, I had you mentioned it earlier in the discussion. Tell us about Ghosts and Girls Paranormal. Ghosts and Girls Paranormal, uh, we specialize in negative entity identification and removal. There's no other group on the West Coast that does what we do. And we get a lot of referrals from local paranormal groups, and I've gotten some from Canada and stuff, that people need help. If their paranormal group needs help removing an entity or if they have questions, they can, you know, contact us and we'll help. And you said you set up, um, um, I guess, a chapter of this particular organization in the U.K. as well? Right. It's uh, Ghosts and Girls Paranormal U.K. And uh, you can find them also on my website, Ghosts and Girls Paranormal. Okay, so your website, you've got Ghosts and Girls Paranormal and also DemonSeer.com, right? Right. Uh-huh. Okay, so the book comes out in October. Where can people get a hold of you? I mean, there's been a lot of people listening, a lot of phone calls. Obviously, there are people experiencing these things and are looking for help. How can people contact you to get some guidance from you? I know that you do this uh, service for people. Yeah, they can go to the demonseer.com. There's a contact page, and they can just send, send me a contact, send me a little bit of information, a phone number, and... I usually try to respond within 24 to 48 hours. That's great. Um, June, it's been a fabulous and a very interesting discussion. We've had a lot of interaction with our audience, and we appreciate your time. And great luck with the book, by the way. Thank you. (laughs) 
fascinating discussion. And by the way, thanks to all the people that called in and shared their stories with us. Some people are going through some difficult times. And I just want to say this, too, because, you know, we never know um, because we don't have a lot of information about the stories that some people share with us. But I always recommend you see a health professional um, if you think that something like this is going on with you. Um, seek other help as well. Seek help from people like June or clergy, but also seek a health, health professional. Um, and make sure you get them involved in whatever is going on. That's very, very important. And uh, we, we recommend that highly. So tomorrow night we'll be talking... With Rob Young, he is an author and an adventurer. He'll be talking about Cloud Wars, Warriors of Peru, Poisons from the Jungle, and his own personal paranormal stories. So a lot of great stuff uh, coming up tomorrow night with Rob. Right, Orion? Yes. Okay, thank you for that <laughs> that confirmation. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for tonight, everybody. Thank you for being here. Uh, thank you for your support. As always, it's Beyond Reality Radio. We'll see you next time. Beyond Reality Radio is hosted by Jason Hawes and J.V. Johnson and produced by Alexandria Johnson and Slick Eddie Edwards for Intercom Radio. Beyond Reality Radio is distributed by Westwood One Radio Networks. Stop by our Facebook page and say hello. Follow the hosts on Facebook as well. For Jason Hawes, follow at JasonHawes.Taps. For J.V. Johnson, follow at J.V.J. Paranormal. If you'd like to be a guest on Beyond Reality Radio or you have a suggestion for a guest, contact Slick Eddie Edwards at SlickEddieEdwards at gmail.com. Be sure to visit our chat room as well at beyondrealityradio.com. Thanks for listening.